You are listening to a special live recording from the Mind Body Spirit Festival of the podcast When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. Having worked with elite athletes for most of my career, it's always intrigued me that a significant number of high-performing individuals have encountered some form of adversity earlier in their lifetime. My fascination into this grew when I had my own brush with adversity when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2020 in the midst of the global pandemic at the age of 36. During this period, I questioned whether it was my positive mindset or maybe something deeper, which enabled me to bounce back and to train and compete for a triathlon just one month following completion of all active cancer treatment. The goal of this podcast is to explore this concept further by meeting a variety of high-performing individuals who have experienced adversity but who have come back stronger. In this episode, I was thrilled to be sat at the Mind Body Spirit Festival in London Olympia with the fabulous Katie Taylor. When I was asked to find a guest who had been keeping with the theme of the midlife wisdom stage, I couldn't think of anyone more suitable. I do need to mention that this is a live recording, so apologies for the background noise on this one. The sound quality is not quite what we hoped for. I do, however, think you can hear every word we say, and Katie shared some really great nuggets of information, which I didn't want to lose, so I've decided to release it. But I'm sorry that there is quite a lot of background noise. And whilst I have your attention, if you are enjoying listening to When Life Gives You Lemons, please remember to subscribe by pressing the follow button on the top right of your screen. Write us a review and share the episodes with all your friends. I really do appreciate the support. So back to this week's episode. Katie Taylor is the founder and CEO of The Latte Lounge, an online platform for women over 40, which exists to help women in midlife thrive at home and in the workplace. Katie created The Latte Lounge in 2016 after suffering for four years with misdiagnosed symptoms of perimenopause. Her community now supports more than 50,000 women with evidence-based information about women's health. In this chat, Katie tells us more about The Latte Lounge, but essentially it's a confidential space to connect online and to gain access and signposting to a range of health and wellbeing experts. I hope you enjoy the episode. So Katie, thank you for joining us today. The first thing that I want to say is that when I was writing that introduction, I was quite aware of how many times I said women. But in my opinion, I think that this topic surrounding midlife and menopause shouldn't actually be focused solely around women. And I'd love the men around us to have as much of an understanding about it so that they can help the women going through those issues. What's your opinion on that? Absolutely. In fact, I'm so pleased there are lots of men here listening today because actually um, the biggest rate, the highest rate of divorce and sadly in some circumstances suicide in women are women aged 45 to 55. And a lot of the time when women go through perimenopause, the men in their lives, whether it's their employer or their husbands, think that they've gone off them or they're they're not the person they once married. And, And I know my husband felt the same. And so I think it's so important that men are part of this conversation so they can help understand what we're going through and help us through it. Yeah, thank you. So we've got some men in the audience, which is brilliant today. Um, Katie, on your website, it says that you believe everyone can thrive in midlife. Tell us a bit more about that. I think there's no manual to going through midlife. I think if I can sort of sort of talk a little bit about my own experience, it will help a lot of people understand why I feel that way. I think, you know, you go through life through your teens and everything seems fine and then you perhaps get married and have some kids 
um, and you know where you are in life. And it's normally with women, you know, you have a period and you know what your cycle's doing and you know that your hormones are a bit up and down, but you, you kind of cope with it. Um, but I hit the age of 43 and I was a very busy mum. I had four kids. Um, I was working for a charity, um, I loved my job, I had a really supportive husband and I managed really well, I juggled everything pretty well. Um, but over about a four year period I started feeling a whole host of seemingly unrelated symptoms that literally changed my personality. Um, I was very depressed, I was crying all the time. I had the most horrendous brain fog. I couldn't think straight. I, I thought I was going through early onset dementia. I was forgetting words. Um, and I went back and forward to different doctors over this sort of four year period. And every time they said, oh, you're juggling too much. You know, why don't you give up work? Um, you know, maybe you need to lose weight or exercise more. And I was doing all that. I was eating well, I was exercising. I had a job I loved, I had a supportive husband. So I just thought, why am I depressed? Why do I feel so rotten? Um, and you know, obviously we'll talk more about that, but I think it took me um, four years, I had to leave my own job, mm -hmm. um, to realize actually what was going on with me. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to tell people today, that the more informed you are about what's going on, the better you know you are to deal with it and hopefully yeah. can live life well yeah so at what point was your perimenopause explained and diagnosed how long did it take you to get to that point well uh, when i was 47 my father is a retired breast cancer professor and at the time he said to me i think this is hormones and i said but dad i'm still having periods i'm not having hot flushes you know i'm not some gray-haired old lady fanning myself in a corner that's just I can't be menopausal, that's just not me. And he said, I want you to go and see a gynecologist who specializes in hormone health that I work with, and off I went. And within 10 minutes of me telling her about my symptoms, um, she said, well, this is classic perimenopause. Um, and it was a word I'd never heard of. Um, and I actually was relieved. I thought I was going mad. I thought it was a hypochondriac. I was constantly bothering my doctors. Um, and when she explained that every part of our body, every cell in our body has oestrogen receptors and, you know, the oestrogen and testosterone is made in our ovaries and that depletes over time. And she basically said your oestrogen levels are on the floor and they're responsible for everything you're going through. Uh, and I'm talking like so many weird and wonderful symptoms from sort of uh, lack of libido, from dry, itchy skin, from hair loss, for just, you know, pretty much everything, aching joints. Um, and she prescribed me hormone replacement therapy, HRT. She told me it was natural, it's made from yams, it's absorbed through the skin, through a patch. Um, and that night I went home and kind of cried with relief on my bed that actually I wasn't going mad and there was a reason for all these symptoms. So how did you feel about the fact it was misdiagnosed for so long and many doctors missed it? I was quite angry because I thought, how is this possible? You know, there are just thousands and thousands of women and how is this possible? I mean, I've soon found out quite soon after that uh, Matt, there's no mandatory menopause training at medical school, so you know, then doctors are not taught about it. There's no module at school either. We're not taught about it. We're taught about how to give birth or, or not to get pregnant, but then it kind of stops. Yeah. Um, and so I put two and two together and thought, okay, so I don't blame my GPs. They they're as much in the dark as I was. 
Um, and that's why I wanted to do something about it. So, you know, that night I set up a Facebook group um, to see if anyone else was going through the same. And actually, I had over a thousand member requests in 24 hours, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and was that Facebook group called the Latte Lounge? I called it the Latte Lounge because I wanted it to feel like um, an online coffee shop where women could come to talk about not just menopause, but all their midlife health and well-being issues because you know we're the sandwich generation we're caring for aging parents we're bringing up young children we're working we're looking after perhaps our you know our partners and our jobs and we want to enjoy our lives but it absolutely floored me i mean i was a hermit i literally lost all my self-confidence i gained weight i lay on the couch all day um i started very heavy bleeding as well which was part of what I was going through. I was told I had something called adenomyosis um, and eventually I had to have a hysterectomy which threw me into full menopause. Yeah. Um, and when I chat to all the women in my Facebook group now, there are so many women having the same light bulb moment as me and and it's just, I think women's health is just so poorly understood and researched and yeah. So do you think there is more of an awareness now of the perimenopause or not? And can you tell us actually what the perimenopause is for those that might not have ever heard that word? Yeah, so the perimenopause can last anywhere between four and ten years and it's the time before menopause. Menopause is actually classed as one day and one year since your last period. Now there are many women who will sail through it and we all hate them. <laughs> um, but, but there are a lot of women, and not, no seriously, I'm delighted for them. I don't want anyone to suffer. Uh, but there are a lot of women who don't. And there are a lot of women I know who have got to a very dark place. And everything I do is about support, inform, with evidence-based information and signpost women on to get the right support. Um, and also, we have an article on our website for men, so men understand what's going on with their wives or partners. Um, and I think what's happened in recent years is loads more people and celebrities are now all talking about their own experiences. And so there was just a lot more awareness, which I'm, I'm delighted about. Yeah, I mean, there is a real interest in social media at the moment, especially surrounding HRT, hormone replacement therapy. And I think primarily this is a positive thing because it's bringing it to the forefront of, of our minds. However, um, I believe there are some negative consequences with this due to the fact that sometimes I think it comes with false claims, unscientific allegations, facts which maybe aren't evidence-based. So what's your thoughts on this and has it impacted you and has it impacted the Latte Lounge at all? So what happened was there was a trial in 2002 called the Women's Health Initiative Trial, which there were horrible media headlines uh, linking HRT to breast cancer. And immediately women came off in their droves and they were doing really well on it. And many, many doctors just took their patients straight off. It was actually a flawed trial, which has since been disputed. Um, and the HRT that's used today is natural, it's through the skin, it's very, very safe. Um, but those alarming headlines have stayed around for way too long. Um, and actually there are a lot, for those that can and want to take HRT, there are also a lot of uh, long-term health benefits. So it prevents osteoporosis, it can uh, reduce heart disease. There's lots of research going on at the moment that it may be able to help with dementia. There's a lot of um, positives to it. And I think all I'm saying is, it's not the magic pill, it was for me. Um, but you know, you still need to have an optimized diet, you eat well, you need to be moving all the time, you need to sleep well. But when nothing else is working, 
um, for me it was, you know, I needed the estrogen. I have testosterone as well. A lot of women don't realize that it's also a female hormone. Um, and I want people to think, oh, then give, I don't want people to think they're giving in. Yeah. You know, actually, there are so many benefits if you can take it. Now, I know, like, you know, from your own personal experience, that there's a lot of women who've gone through breast cancer who've been told they can't have it or, or don't want to, and that's a very frightening place to be. Mm-hmm. And all, all I would say is if that's you, you know, go and have a conversation, an informed joint conversation with your oncologist or an amenopause specialist so that you make these these risk assessments, you know, what are the benefits versus the risks? Yeah, because it is risk-reward, isn't it? Because I know they generally they don't recommend HRT for women that have been through breast cancer. However, I, I know of a few that have been through such terrible, terrible side effects of menopause that they do actually take that risk and they take the HRT. It's not, I mean, there are lots of women that can take it um, who've had breast cancer. I mean, I work with an oncologist in the States who's a very good friend of my father who's written the book Estrogen Matters, Avram Blooming. Um, and his wife had breast cancer, his daughter had breast cancer, they're both on HRT. It depends what your breast cancer is, whether it's estrogen receptor, but it, it, it's not a one size fits all. I mean, there are women, there was one woman who was put in touch with me who lived in Newcastle who was suicidal. And we said to her, you're 99% likely to, go, you know, God forbid, take your own life. And the risk of you taking HRT to feel better is about 5%. Yeah. And she is like a different person now. And so yeah. she said she would rather have a life worth living and, and take that risk. I mean, we all take risks every day. Yeah than not be here for her children. So it's a very it's a very complicated subject, yeah. yeah. I think it is very complicated. I think you know neither of us are medically no. medically trained to advise who should and shouldn't take HRT. Yeah. So what's your advice though regarding lifestyle? So diet and exercise, which again we know is equally as important and evidence-based for the symptoms of the menopause. A hundred percent. I mean if you're drinking alcohol all day long and 10 coffees and you're eating donuts for breakfast, lunch, dinner. I mean, you know, I was a sugar addict. Um, you know, I was, it became my comfort food because I couldn't feel better. So we've all got to have optimized diets, you know, eating plenty of sort of fruit, vegetables and pulses um, and moving, you know, exercise for bone strengthening resistance, you know, training is absolutely vital for, you know, for our long-term health, especially we don't think about osteoporosis until, until it's too late. You know, the first, you think again, a lot of women think, oh, it's just old ladies. And then you'll hear of a 50-year-old friend who fell and she's got a massive fracture and then she wonders why. So um, it's, a, it's a happy balance. Yeah. Uh, but for some women like me, nothing I did made a difference. And then that's why, you know, for me it was minus in peace. Yeah. yeah so I'm a physiotherapist by trade. So I'm, my mantra has always been move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep it simple and move. But the Department of Health do recommend that we should exercise at least three times a week for at least 30 minutes of moderate to high intensity exercise and to do resistance training twice a week. When I say that to most patients, they are quite flabbergasted by how much exercise that is a week. But actually, it's so important. And as well, I know from my breast cancer journey how important exercise was to me in my recovery. Um, And so I can't share that message enough, basically, the, the power of movement and exercise. But it's so good for your mental health as well. I mean, we have a dog. Um, I, I was not a dog person, but my kids were begging, please can we have a dog? It's the best thing ever because that means I'm walking every day, so that's great for my bones. 
you know, I'm chatting to a friend or I'm just listening to a podcast um, and actually just being in nature. So for, for our own mental health, it's it's 100%. Yeah. Um, so I've heard you say you're passionate about menopause in the workplace. Um, and actually, I think you said you quit your job initially because of your symptoms of the perimenopause. Can you tell us more about this and about what changes you would like to see in the workplace? Yeah, so I um, work with an amazing lady called Diane Danzibrink who set up the Make Menopause Matter uh, campaign and petition in 2018. And the three campaign aims are to get menopause on the school curriculum, which it now is in England. Um, on uh, menopause taught to all doctors in medical school and that's going to happen next year and all workplaces to have some sort of support or policies and guidelines in place which is actually starting to happen quite naturally now we've been up and down to Westminster many times campaigning and things are really progressing well um, but for me it, there's some very simple things you can do to help women stay in the workplace you know 14 million working days are lost a year to menopause um, one in sort of six women will say that they've often sat there and thought I'm going to quit my job um, and actually just some simple measures so whether it's um, you know asking for a fan sitting by a window having shorter meeting times um, working from home a bit more flexible working and just the more you make your employer aware of what menopause is, and we do a lot of awareness events, um, the more sympathetic they'll be to supporting you. Because they, don't, you know, a lot of us are at the peak of our careers, and they don't want to lose us. We, you know, we're, we're good value. So um, I just think that even if it's not a policy, just starting the conversations and and breaking down the taboos and yeah. just saying it's, you know, it's okay. We're all going through the same. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Because it still is a taboo subject. So I was brought into the medical menopause with my treatment for breast cancer and I got horrific hot flushes. And I work around a swimming pool, so I work with the British divers. And when I would walk from the clinic room into the swimming pool where it was very hot, I cannot explain to you the hot flushes and the sweating that I would experience. And I was too embarrassed to tell people. But actually, if I would have probably been honest about it, it probably would have been received a little bit a little bit better than why has she gone bright red and sweating yeah <laughs> and it's horrible but especially for women who are wearing uniform you know whether it's nurses or you know whatever you're working it's just you know you've got horrible sweat patches you're embarrassed and then what happens is you're so humiliated that you retreat to the safety of your home and don't want to leave and i think yes all these conversations are embarrassing and awkward whether it's periods or menopause or whatever it is but the more we normalize it the, yeah. the more you know we'll be able to function and stay in the workplace yeah and it sounds like your work with the latte lounge is really doing amazing things to help to normalize that so thank you <laughs> um, but tell us a bit more about the latte lounge about you know you started off that facebook group what then motivated you to kind of take it a step further and where was it then versus where it is now? Yeah, I mean, look, my father has kind of been my role model for everything. He went into the field of breast cancer because his own mother died of breast cancer in the most unimaginable pain. And I've been brought up surrounded by doctors and professors and I think everything I do is about supporting women like he did to live as well and as long as they possibly can. So we, I built a website and I put together a medical advisory team so that all these women that were coming to us, you know, women are really well-meaning. They'll say, oh, try this or do that, but it might not necessarily be sensible advice and it could be harmful. So. 
we have a medical advisory team who I will go to saying, look, this person's got this problem. What do you recommend I send them? And so they're a sounding board for me. Uh, we have a podcast called Midlife and Menopause Uncovered where I'll talk to all sorts of menopause or midlife health and wellbeing experts. Uh, we run the Midlife Festival, which is a free online five-day event with about 25 um, health and well-being and menopause experts too. And, it, and, it's, all, and it's all about just giving information, because the more you empower women to learn about their health and what all their options are, you know, what's right for me is not going to be right for someone else. Um, the, you know, the better informed you are, the earlier you'll be looked after. And, and, and then, you know, you asked me at the beginning about do I think you can thrive? Absolutely, but not if you're alone. And I think what the Latte Lounge is, is it's a community of like-minded women who know they've got somewhere to go. Even if they always message me at midnight because women often, you know, they're cleaning up or they're home from work and making stuff, the kids are in bed, talking to their partners, and then it's at midnight where they finally think about themselves, and that's, I don't necessarily answer at midnight, but in the morning, I'll say, right, okay, let's focus on you. So that's what the Latte Lounge is for, is to sort of shine a spotlight on that woman in the middle and make sure she's okay, because no one else <laughs> tends to. Yeah. And where do you see the future of the Latte Lounge? Where's it going? We just got more and more and more people coming to us all the time. Um, I've been asked to write a book, which is incredibly exciting, and I think it just will mean it just reaches more more women. But I mean, my main passion is campaigning, is making change, because as soon as you know, when there's no one else who's wasting their life being misdiagnosed, then I'm happy. So until that time, I'm going to keep on, you know, banging on the door at number 10 and, yeah. and, and asking for change. So, yeah. yeah. So what do you think has been the biggest change that you've seen in the past seven years that you've been doing this work? I think the biggest change is so many people are talking about it. And it's really helpful having, you know, people like Davina McCall who did the um, documentary, because I think people like that with these very high profile on these big platforms, if they're talking about it and they've got a huge following, they're normalizing the conversation and they're the ones that will actually make the biggest noise, however much I shout. So there's lots and lots and lots of us talking about it now. So I feel I'm not alone anymore. I mean, it was a very lonely place to be in those days. Um, and I, I do feel really positive. I had a meeting at number 10 uh, a couple of months ago. We had a roundtable meeting with the uh, Dame Leslie Reagan, who's the Women's Health Ambassador. Then there is a 10-year women's um, health strategy, uh, and Maria Caulfield, MB, was there. And menopause is now front and center of that women's health strategy. So I feel really positive that the next generation will not struggle like we, we you know, did. And I think the generation of TikTokers, yeah. um, you know, health is taught very differently now. So you can just go on any social media platform and learn. So I think just, I think we're getting there slowly, but we'll yeah. get there. Well, yeah. the fact that it's in the school curriculum now, that's that's massive. Yeah. Because if people are learning about it at that young age, yeah, there's no getting away from it. A hundred percent. And that's, yeah, a hundred percent. And what do you think has been your greatest highlight since setting up the Latte Lounge, apart from being here talking to me today? Oh, yeah, this is my <laughs> highlight. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was a little bit overwhelmed, I have to say, being invited to Downing Street. That was, but actually my highlights are not um, that things that are that glamorous. My highlights are the woman that messaged me who was at the, literally, we're saving lives. You know, these women that come to us in private saying, I can't go on anymore, and they've been mis 
diagnosed themselves. And those are my highlights when they write to me and say, you've changed my life, I can't thank you enough, you know, I'm feeling so much better. Um, it, it's the individual women that we help, which, yeah, yeah must be amazing. Um, so you did, you know, you had a rough time of it to have misdiagnosed symptoms for, for so long. And in this podcast, I do talk to guests about their grit and their resilience. And I wanted to ask you, do you see yourself as a resilient person? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, look, compared to what you've been through and some of the women you've been, you know, I feel almost like a bit of a fraud because I, I, I know it's every, everyone's very different, but I just, I think I've just been brought up with helping women. Uh, that's just, it's kind of in my blood. So I think... I am, in some ways, I'm now pleased that I went through it because the amount of women we've helped, thousands, thousands of women, and we've made change in this country, not not just me. I mean, Diane has been a, a huge force behind the Make Menopause Matter sort of campaign. But I think together, we've all made a massive difference. And, and I'm proud of that. I mean, am I resilient? I think I was lucky that I had a father who got to the bottom of it because if he hadn't, I don't know where I'd be. Um, but I guess I am. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a, mother of, you are. I'm a mother of four well, kids. Exactly. <laughs> so I must be. Exactly. I've got three and it's hard enough. <laughs> so you must be. <laughs> and, but also, you know, to go through four years of, of that struggle. And, you know, I don't think, it, like you said, you shouldn't compare trauma. There is no hierarchy in trauma, they say, don't they? Um, but I, I imagine you must be a resilient person. And I wonder if what you went through has made you more resilient without you realising it? I, I think it has. I think it helps having an amazing support network. My husband, I'm sure like yours, is uh, is literally my rock. I mean, without him, I don't know where I'd be. But, and I think what's important is if you don't have that, is, is to have a support network. If you have a support network around you, you can get through pretty much anything. I think us women cope with a lot. Um, if I had been on my own, it would have been a very scary place. And that's why... I, the Latin Lounge exists because we actually are there for a lot of women who are alone. Mm. Uh, you know, they don't have communities. Uh, and this is not just a UK-wide problem. This is global. I have emails from women in Southeast Asia who literally, you know, I'd never have come across. Or Australia, New Zealand, you know, Europe. And, yeah. um, so you're creating a community for people that don't a have one. global community, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people, I, I asked the question as well on this podcast, what strategies you, you have used to, to drive you forward? And a lot of people do say community, support. Um, so you, you've obviously said the support of people around you, but is there anything else you think that you've used to get you where you are today? Well, look, my background's in PR and marketing for charities, so it's always, I, I know how to be a good communicator. What I do is I've grown up with these really complicated Friday night conversations with my dad coming home and telling me about these very complicated patients, and, and I'm like, Dad, I don't understand what you're talking about. Tell me it again in, in plain English. And I think, so what I do is take all that very complicated medical evidence and I turn it into easy to understand, bite-sized pieces of information. And women, we can get very overwhelmed with too much information, especially in menopause when you have brain fog. And so I'll say to, if someone comes to me, I'll say, look, start with this and then come back to me. And I think because we have a back and forward open conversation, I think it, it's helpful to know, you know that they're understanding what I'm telling them without getting too overwhelmed. Yeah, thank you. And um, final question for you. If you could go back in time to when things were their toughest, 
what do you wish you could have told yourself? Um, you'll find your purpose <laughs> and it'll be okay. I spent a lot of years saying to my husband that I feel like I was put on this earth to do something else and I'm wasting my life and what's my purpose and, and now I would say I've found my purpose. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people find you, Katie, if they want to know more about you and more about the Latte Lounge? Well, the website's uh, lattelounge.co.uk and you'll find everything. The midlifefestival.com is our event and Midlife and Menopause Uncovered is our podcast. Thank you. Katie, thank you for talking to us today so openly, so honestly. I don't doubt that you have helped countless women through the Latte Lounge. And thank you for your efforts in trying to make this world a better and more understanding place for women and men. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everyone.